what's going on, everybody? We have a special guest with us here today who is going to introduce the Carbon Neutral Coalition, a group out of Texas. This is Bobby Tudor. Bobby has an extensive background in energy. 20 years at Goldman, he founded Tudor Pickering Holton Company uh, and is now the CEO of Artemis Energy, as well as sitting on the board of Hedy, which is the Houston Energy Transition Initiative. I got to make sure I get that right. And Bobby is also on the board of the Carbon Neutral Coalition. Bobby, we're super excited to have you join us in today's conversation. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, guys. I'm uh, very happy to be here. This is interesting stuff. So look forward to diving in. Yeah, that's that's uh, quite a resume. And thank you at this early stage of uh, the morning for making us feel really, really inadequate with our life choices and what we've been talking about. My resume about. is like a bowl yeah, of Yeah, that's uh, yeah, right. The fact that you remembered everything you just said was really impressive. Just woo, good stuff. Yeah, Carbon Neutral Coalition. I mean, so, so Bobby, really quick, give a quick introduction to yourself, if you don't mind, and then tell us all about sure. the Carbon Neutral Coalition. Yeah, well, look, I'm, a, I'm an energy finance guy by, uh, by background, spent 20 years working in the energy group at, at Goldman Sachs and then left and started TPH, Tudor Pickering Holton Company, was an investment bank focused uh, exclusively on, on the energy uh, industry. And uh, I retired from TPH at the end of this last calendar year and now am focused just on energy investing and, and on, on working on the policy front with groups like the Carbon Neutral Coalition and, and Hedy, the Houston Energy Transition Initiative. There's just so much going on in the energy world right now that uh the demands our attention and uh and i'm you know very happy to be in a position to to help where i can uh and so i'm i'm doing doing a lot of that uh right now yeah so the the cnc's stated mission is is to to make help make texas carbon neutral by 2050 so we'll put you on the spot a little bit how are we doing how far along are we are we on the right path well um look this is a marathon not a sprint uh, and and I am certainly of the view that uh, the world is going to need fossil fuel production for, for a very long time, if not indefinitely. Um, but it's also clear that we need to do that uh, in, in a way, not just produce it, but also ultimately use it in a way that, you know, dramatically and quickly drives down CO2 emissions. And, and so... Corby Robertson pulled together this group called the Carbon Neutral Coalition. It, it's a it's a cross sections of leaders uh, in in Texas who come from um, come from the energy business, but also from the ranching business. There are royalty owners. There are uh, there are environmental groups. There are it's basically all the stakeholders who would would touch uh, uh, would touch CCUS in in any form or fashion. Uh, and who have, who have an interest in, in ultimately helping us in, in Texas get to a, a carbon neutral economy. Uh, you know, that, that group has been pulled together to, to, to work on these issues because the issues are, are difficult and we have a long way to go to have everything in place that we need to have a, uh, have a functioning CCUS business and, and, a, and a business that will lead to, to a carbon neutral economy in Texas. So how many years into this goal are we right now? The, the 2050, are you guys getting started here in the last year or has this been in the works for a while? Yeah, it, look, it's early stage. It, it's not It's not as if no work was going on previous to the last year or two. But I do I do think the last year or two, uh, we we have sort of coalesced in a way that's, that's new and different. And we're bringing together kind of the various groups that ultimately need to, uh, need to you know, have a say. Uh, because we need their expertise, and uh, and so that's that's happening kind of broadly 
uh, in, in the country. It's certainly happening here in Texas. That's what Carbon Neutral Coalition is. It's also what the Houston Energy Transition Initiative uh, is. So it's, it's, it's bringing together all the constituents and connecting the dots because the, the, the nature of this dual challenge, and when I say the dual challenge, I mean providing reliable and affordable energy today, while at the same time, uh, rapidly and dramatically driving down our CO2 emissions. The nature of that challenge is such that it, it has to be an all hands on deck kind of thing. Uh, and that's what we're after. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting to hear you say that. And we're always happy to hear that. This, uh, I, I always love when people say, oh, eliminate fossil fuels. I, mean, I don't think people realize how much it impacts everyday life and everything that we do. Um, but you talk about the CCUS and, uh, you know, that's so from, from our perspective, from the audience uh, that, that we reach out to here, uh, we're focused on the supply side of CO2. As you noted, it's a, it's, you know, we talk about it as being an ingredient, uh, an integral part of a lot of manufacturing or production processes, uh, food processing from, from beginning to end of that entire process. And, and as the breadbasket of the world and as, a, as the meat producer of the world, it's, it's vital to what we do. So when we talk about CCS, you know, just pure sequestration uh, or storage, we, you know, you forget about that U in there. We forget about that right. usage. And, and so we're always looking for what are those constructive uses of CO2? How can right. we do that? Um, you know, so where, where are you all on, on uh, and might be within the realm and not within the realm of what you all work on, but being in Texas and the energy producer of the world at, at that, um, you know, where are you on biofuels or alternative uses and, and uh, yeah, you know, aviation fuel, uh, biodiesels, things like that. Yeah. So uh, we, we're really very much taking an all of the above kind of approach. And I, ideally, uh, we think to the degree there are economic uses of the captured CO2, it's going to make capturing CO2 uh, a, a bigger and better you know, business and a more effective one for driving down uh, emissions. So Having good economic uses for the captured CO2 is absolutely central to, to ultimately having a, a good and, and functioning market. Now, you know, for that to happen, we ultimately need to have a price on it. <laughs> uh, and, and in some cases, there, there is a price for the captured CO2, but, but on the whole, there, there is not really. Uh, and so that's, you know, that's one important milestone we, we need to get to. But while, while we do have current uh, you know, uses for, for CO2, and you, you mentioned some of them, I think part of, part of the goal here is to dramatically expand the uses of the captured CO2 uh, across a whole, a whole range of, of things. And there's fantastic work going on uh, in the advanced material space, for example. So whether it's, whether it's building materials with, uh, uh, with, with new forms of, of concrete or, or otherwise, um, where where captured CO2 can be put to use economically, uh, that's what we need. That's what we need a lot more of. And so, you know, an, an important sort of linkage here is a linkage between the industry and the politicians and the you know legislative bodies with our our research engines and our research enterprises. So so our our universities, our national energy labs, uh, the whole material sciences industry you know, those groups need to be working together as well uh, to, you know, to help us turn this captured CO2 into more and more economical uses. Yeah, it's really interesting. And so I really like how you mentioned the coalition is made up of, uh, you know, a number of parties, everybody uh, with an interest. Does that include users of CO2? Do we have representation of that voice in the group to say, hey, yeah. don't do 
forget about us. Exactly what Jeff is saying. We have to make sure we have access to CO2. And then part two to that question, is it a tiered approach where first we're just going to go ahead and store or sequester that CO2 and while research is taking place, identify new options or, or is it happening at the same time? We've got utilization over here and we've got storage uh, on the other yeah. end. No, it's, it's happening at the same time uh, for sure. And, and we do have those players at the table uh, in Texas who are, who are current, uh, current consumers of, of the captured CO2. And you mentioned several of them and, you know, the ag world is a good example of that. Uh, where where it's obviously used at, at scale in, in the ag world. It's used in the exit oil and gas business. Uh, and, uh, and but we need we need those uses to expand. Uh, and in advanced materials is 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 one we really very much have have our eye on. Uh, but yeah. because the applications of advanced materials across the economy are or at least in theory just really, really great. Uh, and and so we're we're working you know every corner of this problem, um, but you know the more uses we can find for the captured CO2, the better. It's just going to make the projects more economic, uh, and and it's going to lead to uh, lead to more projects, more captured CO2, and lower emissions. Yeah, talk, talk to me about that a little bit because I've read a little bit about the, you know, the polymers and and you know some plastics and things like that. They, those seem way more viable long term than the, the concrete side. Uh, simply because, and that, that's where we all default to concrete every time we talk about capture yeah. and things like that. And, and it's great. It's a great use. It's just, I mean, the, the plants itself generate more CO2 than they could possibly use in the, in the generation of the blocks. Uh, but it's a great application. We need more. What, what are some of those that, you, that you're seeing? Well, that polymers, you, you mentioned polymers and, and, and polymers are, are a, it's, it's just a humongous market, right? Yeah. And it, it's a big, it's a big problem. Not only are a lot of CO2 emissions uh, sort of created in the in the in the building and construction of, of polymers, uh, but but then we also have a separate waste stream that in many cases is very very hard to recycle and and uh, creates a whole set of environmental problems on on its own. So there's a ton of great work going on uh, around using advanced materials uh, in in the polymers world uh, uh, that will lead to uh, lead to true kind of end to end. Uh, you know, full cycle, sustainable, sustainable plastics, uh, and 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 we think that that the application of, of CO two to that world is is potentially really really vast. Yeah. So you know that's another one. You know, concrete is is as you mentioned, it's an obvious one. But building materials of of all sorts uh, actually, uh, you know, uh, can, can ultimately sort of use this technology. Uh, and, you know, we're in a world where having more sustainable building materials is, is really, really desirable. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's totally agree. And that's, I think uh, we said it last week, but, uh, the, uh, yeah, necessity is the mother of innovation and we have all this CO2, the idea of just continuously putting it back in the ground and somebody paying for it, isn't the, the, the broad answer in the, in the long term. And, and no, that can't be the long term answer. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be the long term answer, right? I mean, uh, and, and look, uh, you know, the good news is, at least here in Texas, we've got great geology for actually storing the stuff. <laughs> um, and, and so we can do that and we can do it in size and we can do it quickly once we get the whole regulatory regime in place for, uh, to, to allow for it. But, but that's not the highest and best use of the CO2, right? The highest and best use of the CO2 is to be put to work and other industrial, uh, you know, applications. Uh, and that's just going to require a lot more innovation. 
uh, and, uh, and, you know, people taking risk around it is also going to re require a lot of capital. And one of the big challenges of the, of the energy transition in general, and certainly of CCUS, is just the amount of capital required to, to you know, get these projects done is, is very, very large. Uh, and so we need, to, we need to have the conditions in place to attract the capital to do it. And, and the more that we have good uses for the captured CO2 uh, that are economic, the more capital we're going to be able to attract to the projects to get the projects done. Yeah, and that kind of leads into my next question, right? You you uh, mentioned universities earlier, and but but is Texas welcoming in this new research, right? Is there already a lot of this research taking place, and and even outside of the university level, maybe private research? Right? What are you seeing in Texas right now? And and there must be something for you, you know, to be uh, so excited about new polymers and new materials. Yeah, no, there's there's great work, uh, you know, happening. Uh, so, so for, for example, here in Houston, um, the Welch Foundation just recently made a $100 million gift to Rice University to start a new institute for advanced materials wow. where, where, where basic and other applied, you know, research, uh, will be, will be done, uh, to attack this problem, you know, specifically. And one of the things I, I like to remind people is that, um, so many of the challenges of the energy transition are really about molecules, right? And it's, it's, it's less about electrons at this point because we know how to electrify things, but it's more about, it's more about molecules. And, and, uh, and that's where we in Texas shine, right? We have more chemical engineers per capita than any other state in the, in the, in the union by a very long shot. Uh, we have industries uh, because of the petrochemical, the chemical and petrochemical industry that are already here with very large R&D footprints. We have them working this problem. We have world-class universities in, in Rice and, and UT and and A&M and University of Houston and, and Prairie View and others uh, who, are, who are doing applied research in this space. So uh, it is a space where we in Texas, frankly, should be a leader. The pieces are in place for us to be a leader. Uh, and, and we just got to make sure that we don't squander that. No, that, that makes, that makes a lot of sense because, you know, you look at, I, I don't know, I, I see a lot of initiatives coming out of, you know, California, even New York, but they, they kind of tout themselves as being that green leader, but theirs are more just disincentives to saying we must do, we, we must have not, no more CO2 and no more, no more fossil fuel cars by 2030, but that's not a, that's not leading. That's just setting a standard. And hoping that somebody yeah. does something about it. You guys are investing in it and driving it. And yeah, lead, leading means attacking the problems, yeah. right? And and that ultimately means finding practical solutions to these challenges. Uh, and and practical solutions means um, economic solutions, right? So we're only going to we're only going to ultimately be able to change our energy systems to to cleaner energy systems to the degree that we can do it in an economic way so that it is cost competitive with Exxon systems, right? Yeah, so because we have a dual challenge here, as I said in the beginning, we have to provide reliable and affordable and secure energy today while at the same time driving down CO2 emissions. And, uh, and that means we have, to, we have to drive down the cost associated with driving down CO2 emissions. And that involves you know, a million different things, but CCUS is, is, is one component of that and, and a really important one. 
So what uh yeah what what bills what initiatives are are you are you looking at right now that are that are in front of the Congress there uh, in front of your, your political leaders that that we should be following what should we be aware of what is what do you need the biggest push on well there are, there are a whole range of issues here in in CCUS in particular that need to be addressed and the good news is via the new the recent congressional uh, action related to the IRA uh, the the subsidy for a project has been kind of dramatically uh, enlarged, right? So if you kind of check all the boxes, you know, you can get up to $85 a, a ton as opposed to $45 a ton. And that in and of itself will make a lot of projects economic in a way that they weren't economic before. So that's a good start. However, that only matters to the degree you can get the projects permitted and, and built. Right. And so that involves if, if you're going to sequester it, that involves these class six wells, of which there's, I think, only one in the country, you know, at the at the moment. Uh, so we we got to we got to streamline that process so that you can get class six wells permitted. It also involves a, a lot of kind of unknown legal issues. So, for example, uh, in uh, in the sequestering side of the business, once it's sequestered, you know, who owns the liability associated with that? Right. And and what happens when that CO2 migrates below ground uh, and who owns the liability associated? With, you know, there, there are all kind of issues like that that have to get resolved before we're going to have sequestering projects on a on a large, you know, on a large scale. Right. Uh, and, um, you know, we, we also will have to build out a lot more CO2 related infrastructure, CO2 pipelines, uh, for example. So uh, that stuff has to get. You know that stuff has to get permitted, and then you ultimately have to have to get the captured CO2 piped to where you're going to use it or sequester it. Uh, and and you know we need a streamlined process to make that happen quickly. So there there's a lot to you know a lot to figure out here um, that is going to require the involvement of the legislature uh, and industry. Uh, but we're the the carbon neutral coalition is meant to 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 bring those groups together to try to help move the ball down the field as quickly as we can. Yeah, I've heard seven to 10 years minimum to get a class six well permitted, if that, that even remotely close. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what it is right now. And and we're kind of saying, well, that's not good enough. <laughs> you know, I mean, if, if, if our challenge is as, as dire as we all think it is, and we really do need to, to, to drive down CO2 emissions quickly, we can't wait seven to 10 years to permit a well that will allow us to sequester. Right. So that's, that's a good example of, of where we need regulatory reform. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, you know, Hey, that's uh, first off, thank you for your time. Uh, We really appreciate you coming on, but you know, I I would kind of summarize my thoughts on it like this, that uh, we talk a lot about sequestration and how it's going to impact it and, and all, you know, 45 Q and IRA and all these things. But yeah, what you guys are doing is what's needed most now is pushing the legislation like it's it's great to say it but if right. we can't get out of our own way then none of it happens anyway and like you just said there's only one class six well permitted so far i think i hear one's coming online in about two years i know down in your region you got one going out in the gulf underwater that could be 10 years out right. so all these things sound great but they're not going to help until we push some of these things so uh yep. anything we can do to help in our small small scale uh we'd, we'd love to be a part of that as well well, thanks. And you guys doing a good job of, of raising awareness around these issues uh, broadly. It, it, as I said, this is all hands on deck kind of proposition. 
where we need uh, all corners of our society, you know, working, working towards making this happen. But it's important to remember that this is a dual challenge, right? We need to be making all this happen while at the same time we provide reliable and affordable and secure, secure energy to, uh, to people today. And there are still, you know, literally, you know, billions, there's a billion people around the world who live in dire energy poverty and we got to serve them too. Right, and we have to serve them quickly. So there's a great sense of urgency around uh, around all of this, and we all have to work together to address the problem. Yeah, well, Bobby and the Carbon Neutral Coalition doing more than just talking, taking action, having the right people together. Please keep pushing forward. We certainly appreciate your efforts, and you know we're gonna we're gonna set lofty goals. We're gonna build out the framework to accomplish them, and and uh, you know ultimately that's how we do achieve carbon neutrality instead of just talking you got to do difficult things have to do difficult things. So Bobby, thank you so much, sir. We appreciate it. Hope you all enjoyed this episode. We'll catch up soon. Thanks for having me guys.